Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Gisela Aguiar, and I go through the Bible chapter by chapter, guiding you, even if you've never read the Bible before. Right now, I'm going through the Old Testament. They are the historical accounts of Jesus' ancestors that point to Jesus as the Jewish Messiah. And I'm also planning special articles to help bring the Bible to life. I pray that as you hear God's word, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in the hope, joy, and peace that only the living God, Jesus Christ, can give. Be blessed. Second Chronicles chapters 10 through 12. What happened when the people lost sight of God? Remember in yesterday's post where I quoted Deuteronomy 17, both David and his son Solomon, and now David's grandson Rehoboam, did the same thing. Like father, like sons, they ignore God. They ignored his word. As a result, the whole nation, all the people suffered the consequences. Let's dig in. Second Chronicles 10, the Northern tribes revolt. Rehoboam, this is Solomon's son now, went to Shechem. Shechem is north of Jerusalem, where all Israel had gathered to make him king. When Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard of this, he returned from Egypt, for he had fled to Egypt to escape from King Solomon. Now, we remember in Deuteronomy 17 that it says, God clearly tells the Israelites never to return to Egypt. All right, um, verse three. So right now already they've all totally disobeyed God. Uh, verse three, the leaders of Israel summoned him and Jeroboam and all Israel went to speak with Rehoboam. Your father was a hard master, they said. Lighten the harsh labor demands and heavy taxes that your father imposed on us. Then we will be your loyal subjects. Rehoboam replied, come back in three days for my answer. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam discussed the matter with the older men who had counseled his father, Solomon. What is your advice? He asked. How should I answer these people? The older counselors replied, if you are good to these people and do your best to please them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your loyal subjects. But Rehoboam rejected the advice of the older men and instead asked the opinion of the young men who had grown up with him and were now his advisors. What is your advice? He asked them. How should I answer these people who want me to lighten the burdens imposed by my father? The young men replied, this is what you should tell those complainers want a lighter burden. My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. Yes, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to hear Rehoboam's decision, just as the king had ordered, but Rehoboam spoke harshly to them. For he rejected the advice of the older counselors and followed the counsel of his young advisors. And he told the people, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. Now, this, this 
particular version, the, the New Living Translation uses scorpions, but it's it's scourges. So it's whips with metal pieces on the ends, not like the 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 real the bug scorpions. Um, verse 15. So the king paid no attention to the people. This turn of events was the will of God, for it fulfilled the Lord's message to Jeroboam, son of Nebat, through the prophet Ahijah from Shiloh. When all Israel realized that the king had refused to listen to them, they responded, down with the dynasty of David. We have no interest in the son of Jesse. Back to your homes, O Israel. Look out for your own house, O David. So all the people of Israel returned home, but Rehoboam continued to rule over the Israelites who lived in the towns of Judah. King Rehoboam sent um, Adoniram, who was in charge of forced labor, to restore order, but the people of Israel stoned him to death. When this news reached King Rehoboam, he quickly jumped into his chariot and fled to Jerusalem. So he went from Shechem, which was in um, the, the north, south to Jerusalem. And to this day, the northern tribes of Israel have refused to be ruled by a descendant of David. Second Chronicles 11, God speaks. When Rehoboam arrived in Jerusalem, he mobilized the men of Judah and Benjamin. 180,000 select troops to fight against Israel and to restore the kingdom to himself. But the Lord said to Shemaiah, the man of God, Say to Rehoboam, son of Solomon, king of Judah, and to all the Israelites of Judah and Benjamin, this is what the Lord says. Do not fight against your relatives. Go back home for what has happened is my doing. So they obeyed the message of the Lord and did not fight against Jeroboam. Rehoboam fortifies Judah. Rehoboam remained in Jerusalem and fortified various towns for the defense of Judah. He built up Bethlehem, Etam, Tekoa, Bethzur, Zoko, Adullam, Gath, Marashah, Ziph, Adoram, Lachish, Azekah, Zorah, Ihalan, and Hebron. These became the fortified towns of Judah and Benjamin. Uh, Rehoboam strengthened their defenses and stationed commanders in them, and he stored supplies of food, olive oil, and wine. He also put shields and spears in these towns as a further safety measure. So only Judah and Benjamin remained under his control. But all the priests and the Levites living among the northern tribes of Israel sided with Rehoboam. The Levites even abandoned their pasture lands and properties and property to move to Judah and Jerusalem because Jeroboam and his sons would not allow them to serve the Lord as priests. Jeroboam, this is now the king of Israel in the, uh, the northern kingdom, appointed his own priest to serve at the pagan shrines where they worshiped the goat and calf idols he made. From all the tribes of Israel, those who sincerely wanted to worship the Lord, the God of Israel, followed the Levites to Jerusalem, where they could offer sacrifices to the Lord, the God of their ancestors. This strengthened the kingdom of Judah, and for three years they supported Rehoboam, son of Solomon. For during those years, they faithfully followed in the footsteps of David and Solomon. Rehoboam's family. Rehoboam married his cousin Mahalath, the daughter of David's son, Jeremoth, and of uh, Abihail, the daughter of uh, Eliab, son of Jesse. Mahalath had three sons, Jehush, Shemari, and Zeham. Later, Rehoboam married another cousin, Makkah, the granddaughter of Absalom. Makkah gave birth to Abijah, 
Atai, Ziza, and Shelameth. Rehoboam loved Makkah Maka, more than any of his other wives and concubines. In all, he had 18 wives and 60 concubines. And they gave birth to 28 sons and 60 daughters. Rehoboam appointed Makkah's son, Abijah, as leader among the princes, making it clear that he would be the next king. Rehoboam also wisely gave responsibilities to his other sons and stationed some of them in the fortified towns throughout the land of Judah and Benjamin. He provided them with generous provisions and found many wives for them. Second Chronicles 12, Egypt invades Judah. But when Rehoboam was firmly established and strong, he abandoned the law of the Lord and all Israel followed him in this sin. Because they were unfaithful to the Lord, King Shishak, of Egypt came up and attacked Jerusalem in the fifth year of King Rehoboam's reign. He came with 1,200 chariots, 60,000 horses, and a countless army of foot soldiers, including Libyans, Sukkites, and Ethiopians. Shishak uh, conquered Judah's fortified towns and then advanced to attack Jerusalem. The prophet Shemaiah then met Rehoboam and Judah's leaders who had all fled to Jerusalem because of Shishak. Shemaiah told them, this is what the Lord says. You have abandoned me, so I'm abandoning you to Shishak. Then the leaders of Israel and the king humbled themselves and said, the Lord is right in doing this to us. When the law saw their change of heart, he gave this message to Shemaiah. Since the people have humbled themselves, I will not completely destroy them and will soon give them some relief. I will not use Shishak to pour out my anger on Jerusalem, but they will become his subjects. And so they will know the difference between serving me and serving earthly rulers. So King Shishak of Egypt came up and attacked Jerusalem. He ransacked the, treasure, the treasuries of the Lord's temple and the royal palace. He stole everything, including the gold shield Solomon had made. King Rehoboam later replaced them with bronze shields as substitutes, and he entrusted them to the care of the commanders of the guard who protected the entrance to the royal palace. Whenever the king went to the temple of the Lord, the guards would also take the shields and then return them to the guard room. Because Rehoboam humbled himself and the Lord's anger was turned away, he did not destroy him completely. There were still some good things in the land of Judah. Summary of Rehoboam's reign. King Rehoboam firmly established himself in Jerusalem and continued to rule. He was 41 years old when he became king and he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem. The city the Lord had chosen from among all the tribes of Israel as a place to honor his name. Rehoboam's mother was Naamah, a woman from Ammon. And he was an evil king for he did not seek the Lord with all his heart. See, um, Ammon was a pagan Gentile nation, which was one of the mistakes that Solomon had made. So if you missed yesterday's, you gotta go check on yesterday's post. The rest of the events of Rehoboam's reign from beginning to end are recorded in the record of Shemaiah the prophet and the record of Edo the seer, which are part of the geneal genealogical record. <laughs> Rehoboam and Jeroboam were continually at war with each other. When Rehoboam died, he was buried in the city of David. Then his son Abijah became the next king. That's the end of Second Chronicles chapter 12. All right, so God didn't abandon them completely. God loves Israel, especially the kingdom of Judah, the tribe of Judah. That's Jesus's tribe. 
God had a long-term plan that did not include the total destruction of Judah. Yet, he had to punish them for their disobedience. According to his commands, kings were to read the scrolls of the law daily. It's clear that they didn't. They kept wandering further and further away from God. Um, the cause of conflict was taxes. It's proven that reducing taxes helps the country. People have more money to spend, thus the economy grows and taxes are paid. Hey, fair taxes make for a happy people. Unfair taxes lead to revolt. That's exactly what happened. Rehoboam went advice shopping. This is when you go asking around until you hear what you want to hear. He asked the elders, the wise people, but he didn't like what they said. Then he went to the youngsters, the folks his age. You can tell them, you can call them the woke advisors. Rehoboam liked their advice, wrong as it was. Consequently, 10 tribes revolted. He managed to lose 10 twelfths of the kingdom. His father Solomon and his grandfather David worked so hard to unite. Subsequently, Rehoboam wanted to start a civil war and fight Israel to unite the tribes again. However, God said no. A new religion. Meanwhile, up in the northern kingdom of Israel, the 10 tribes under the direction of Jeroboam started worshiping idols, doing exactly what God told them not to do in the second commandment, which if you forgot, reads in Exodus 20, starting in verse four, you must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. And Pastor Sandy Adams explains, and I quote, Jeroboam knew his biggest obstacle in creating an independent state among the northern tribes was religion. The Jewish law required all Hebrew males to visit the temple in Jerusalem three times a year. If his subjects were obligated to the temple, their hearts would remain loyal to Rehoboam. To break this bond, Jeroboam decided to invent his own rival religion. He reverts back to the graven images used by Israel in the wilderness. He sets up two golden calves in Dan and Bethel. So in the south of the northern kingdom of Israel and the very, very north where Dan is. And if you want to take a look over my blog, the link is in the show notes. I have a map of so you can see where everything is. So um, these calves were supposed to represent Jehovah, but they violated God's second commandment. You shall not make for yourself a carved image. You shall not bow down to them or, nor serve them. God considered these golden calves to be idols inspired by demons. Jeroboam substituted the temple with the high, pla with the high places, the ark with the gold calves, the Levites with his own priests. It was an alternative religion for the northern tribes, and it accomplished its goal. It cut off north from south. Understand Jeroboam claimed to worship God, but not in the way God wanted to be worshipped. He devised a system of worship that served his own interests. And this is what many people have done today. They call themselves Christian and claim to follow Jesus. 
but they've never taken seriously the demands of Jesus in the scriptures. Their Christianity is a religion built around their own convenience. We talk about this often. True love is the willingness to love someone the way they want and need to be loved, not just in the way that's convenient to me. The same is true in our relationship with God. Jeroboam concocted a me-first religion. His religion served his own interests, not God, and God considered it demonic. Jeroboam's religion became a permanent fixture in the northern kingdom. All 18 successors followed in his footsteps. It's why God eventually judges Israel. And that's again from Pastor Sandy Adams. If you want to click on over to my blog and click on his name, and you can take a look at his full message on these chapters. Listen to God. Imagine how it would have been had they followed God's instructions. And another quote from Pastor Sandy, never underestimate the power of the plain, clear word of God. Obviously, we are way better off seeking God's kingdom than inventing our own form of worship. And now here's a quote from one of the Bible study plans from the Free U Version Bible app from the book of Second Chronicles. Quote, it's not God who removes his hand from us, but we release our hand from God's grasp. From Bethany Church, Singapore. Lastly, God used Egypt to enact judgment on Judah for disobedience. Moreover, Rehoboam relies on his own ideas rather than trusting God. Pastor Sandy comments, quote, what Rehoboam does, many Christians mimic. Rather than go for the gold, we settle for the bronze. Instead of insisting on God's best, we settle for cheap substitutes. We rely on our own willpower, not God's power. The moving of emotions, not the transforming of lives. Compromise, not change. Appeasement, not victory. We rely on what we can do instead of trusting in what God can do. Rehoboam should have gone for the gold, but he settled for the bronze. Let's not repeat his mistake in our hearts, our homes, our church. Walk in the spirit. Again, that's from Pastor Sandy Adams. Um, history books are written for a reason. If we don't learn from history, we are doomed to repeat it. I'm going to end with the words of King Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, yet he was the unhappiest. And I'm quoting from Ecclesiastes chapter 1, um, starting in verse 2. Everything is meaningless, says the teacher, Solomon. Completely meaningless. What do people get for all their hard work under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth never changes. The sun rises and the sun sets then hurries around to rise again. The wind blows south, then turns north. Around and around it goes, blowing in circles. Rivers run into the sea, but the sea is never full. Then the, waters re uh, then the water returns again to the rivers and flows out again to the sea. Everything is wearisome beyond description. No matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. History merely repeats itself. It has all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. Sometimes people say, here's something new, but actually it is old. Nothing is ever truly new. We don't remember what happened in the past and in future generations, no one will remember what we are doing now. Again, was from the, uh, the book of Ecclesiastes and you can go on my blog and 
I've done the study on the whole book of Ecclesiastes and it is, it is really good. It is really interesting to, to see the view um, of Solomon at the end of his life, after he's had all the riches in the world, all the women he could ever want, all the partying he could ever want. And he just says, it's all meaningless. That, that is the, the wisdom of the world, the wisdom of God. So are you listening closely to God? Are you reading his word daily? Are you relying on the Holy Spirit in your heart for discernment and wisdom? No? Then what are you waiting for? It's time to get right with God. Believe, have faith that Jesus is the Christ and he died taking your sins away forever and that he rose from the dead three days later. Repent of your sins that has stopped sinning. Do a complete 180 degree turn in your life and surrender your life to him. Be baptized by water baptism and show the world and yourself that you have died to your old life and are born again in Christ and receive the Holy Spirit in your heart. So what are you waiting for? Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift of grace and confident hope of eternal life. You don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. There's a prayer in the show notes. Or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says how to know Jesus. And that is in the top right hand corner. Soli Deo Gloria. Oh, and by the way, at the bottom of today's blog, I have a chart that um, lists all of the kings of uh, the Northern Kingdom and the Southern Kingdom, which were the good kings, which were the bad kings, and which um, uh, prophets talked to or worked during those times. And very soon, I'm going to have all the Bible studies compiled together. So you, if you just want to study Isaiah, you can study Isaiah. If you want to study Ezekiel, you can study Ezekiel. So that is my goal on the new website, to have all these Bible studies put together to make it easy for you to do it. Study the Bible. Solido Gloria. Remember, you've got to read the Bible every day. Solido Gloria to God alone be the glory. If you're just starting to read the Bible and prefer to hold a book in your hands rather than use an app, it's a good idea to get a study Bible. But which version or translation is best? There are too many to choose from. As a former Catholic, it helped me to have a Bible translation in plain, everyday English. When I first started going back to church, a well-meaning friend told me to get a King James Version. Well, guess what? I got frustrated with the these and the thousands, stopped reading it, totally defeating the purpose. Eventually, I got the new international version, and that was great for a new Christian to get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. Today, I also study from the New Living Translation. I'm an affiliate of Christian Book Distributors, and I've chosen two study Bibles that would be great for the new Christian believer. Check them out. The link is in the show notes. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of Scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. 
but know that things aren't falling apart. They are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20 to 22, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.